Lodgecasters, welcome to the Lodgecast, the official podcast show of Gentleman'sAvenue.com. We're, this is being recorded at Nopalero Studios. We're on the 13th floor of Whittier, tallest building. That's right, folks. On this beautiful day, man, we could actually see the smoke. The smoke from those fires from the tallest building in Whittier. The penthouse suite, marble floors. It's kind of warm today. But you know what? In here, it's nice and cool. Got the AC blasting. You're tuned in to episode 39. We have a great guest, Shane Anholm. He's here today. Not only is he a tattooer, this guy's got, I mean, I love his stories. I love checking him out. He's a musician. So that'll be coming up. He's here in studio with us. So remember, you can tune in on our website at gentlemansavenue.com forward slash the Lodgecast on iTunes, Google Play, social media. And remember, not only is there a podcast, which is the audio only portion, there's also the vodcast, which is the video. So maybe you're tired of watching Law and Order. Maybe you're tired of watching the news and you're going, you know what, man, all this madness is just, you know, drowning me out here. I need some good content, culture, lifestyle. Tune in, man. Content on demand. Like I said, you can only stream the audio, but also the video. So anyways, that's that. Let me invite my guest Shane onto the set. Hey, Shane. Hey, hey, hey. Come on down. I'm a little dizzy because of the height. <laughs> 13th floor is really high, and I'm kind of scared of heights, but I'm good. I'm good. The elevator ride was pretty fast, though, right? Yeah, yeah, it was real fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's how we do it, man. I'm glad to finally meet you. Yeah, I'm really happy to be here. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, man, I, I, I've been uh, following you. I'm not sure exactly how, but on social media, the wonder of social media, right instagram right 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 the whole thing of knowing people right we we say like oh i follow or i know somebody but when you actually meet them it's it's different right 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 yeah it's better yeah 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 (laughs) sometimes yeah 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 sometimes i guess it isn't right 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 yeah the the instagram was really good for me Mm -hmm. i mean i don't know how that took off but i just started talking well you know just started going that's all right, man. You could cuss. You can say oh, whatever the can? fuck you want. Right. <laughs> yeah, I just started talking shit. And then all of a sudden it flew. You know, I got a bunch of stories. I was a bank robber and was in trouble my whole life. And I just started letting loose on there. And mm-hmm. it got real good. You yeah, know, yeah. I do that thing, listen up, poop butts. And everyone always mm-hmm. gets that wrong. Like they think, I don't know what they think a poop butt is. Mm-hmm. You know what a poop yeah, butt yeah, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. No, no, no. I was saying your arm. It's blocking the view. Oh, oh. <laughs> So that way when people are at home and they're like, man, I, you know what, Dancing with the Stars, I'm sick and tired of that shit. I, I heard Shane's on on this podcast. They want to tune in and they want to see what's see going it. on. Right. Yeah, see yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know where it, you, it, oh, it's, right it's there. Right okay, there. got it. Yeah. Got it, got it. <laughs> got it. Yeah, but like a poop butt was, I don't know if I should explain this, but you know, it's like a knickknack. It's like, it's like you know somebody has a big knife in prison a big bad one and you're supposed to do something to some guy and they give you this little like like one made out of a a, a melted plastic and you're like this poop butt knife i gotta deal with this you know so but because people send me paintings all the time and they send me like paintings of butts with poop on them and i'm like that it's not what it is man yeah. it's like nick it's like you're so young you don't know not to wipe your own ass kind of thing yeah so, anyway but the, the culture has changed a lot, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. But the, the question is, is, the, is, have, is it just, has the culture changed or are just people catching on, right? You know what I mean? Like, these kids, stuff that wasn't cool, 
now so i mean tattoos i mean oh my god man right so many people i mean it's insane it used to be when you'd go see somebody with a tattoo or a lot of them you go he's a tattoo artist now mm. i mean they have their faces tat i mean i can't even believe how tattooed some of these people are because i'm not even covered and i'm a tattoo artist for 35 years i'm not you know anyway the word no it's i think that's one of the things that caught my attention about you where i was like a lot of people are afraid or hesitant to speak their minds yes about they are the culture yes they and, are and their beloved trade or profession whatever yes. they want to or their lifestyle and you just put it out there i well, mean i'm like shit that's awesome well the the thing is with tattooers today it's fame. They want fame. Mm -hmm. And they're so afraid to be po politically incorrect or to say, you mm -hmm. dig. And so they're all worried, am I going to be on the next uh, convention poster? Will I burn a bridge with this? Me, sure, I, I like selling tattoos. I like making money. I like this, you know, of mm -hmm. course. But the truth's more, to me, is more, you know, the way I feel. Because, you know, if you don't like it, then don't don't listen, you know? But... It's gotten bad, man. You know, I mean, I just, I don't think that people actually tattoo for the aesthetic as much as for fame. They mm. like the first thing they think of. I think the TV shows did that a little bit because now, and and a sponsorship deals. And that's all, you know, hey, great, go get your nut. You know, you're a good squirrel, go get your nut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Putting the, putting the DNA in the ink. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And I like those some of those guys, and they were pissed because I did this video about. You know what I mean? I mean, I heard them. I got a lot of flat, but really, I mean, really, I mean, you you aren't smart enough to realize that's not the most brilliant idea. And the first thing I was ever taught was not to bring non-tattoo. You don't do that. You know, you you keep yeah. it, and that's why we have the problem we have today. I was up at the convention. Talkies convention and good time Charlie Cartwright's a friend of mm -hmm. mine. He stops by the shop when he drives by and not a close friend, but we we know each other for years. And he told me there were six thousand tattoo shops in Orange County. Jesus. I mean, how many Starbucks are there? The thing is, is how did that happen? Who left the door open? I mean, come on now. Yeah, I think it it you know, I, I grew up in Orange County, born and raised, and you know, I got, I think, my first tattoo when I was like 13 or 14. With tattoo guy. A cousin. You're you know? a tattoo guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was like, you know, his uncle from his mom's side. Of course. CYA. You of know, course. Bent toothbrush. Sure. Broke open her tape recorder. I mean, literally went to the 7-Eleven, bought guitar strings, yeah. and Good. India, India ink. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, that's how I learned. And it was like, you know, like today... It would be like equivalent for my family if I was like a, a ISIS or, or Taliban terrorist. Oh, right, To have right. a tattoo. Right, right, okay. It was like a very bad thing. Sure, like sure. you were like the total worst of the family. Sure, the sure. Beyond you, black sheep. You got a tattoo. Oh, right. fuck. You're, yeah, yeah. You desecrated yourself in the family, you know, yeah. shame. Yeah, You were like untouchable. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, To yeah. see it now where, you know, you walk up and yeah, you go to Starbucks and the guy handed to you is like, Full sleeve, <laughs> like, movie stars. Yeah, they 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 have the makeup. They cover. I mean, they're they're covered in tattoos. Covered. And there's a lot of tattooers that actually seek out celebrities to tattoo, uh, yeah, so they can get the selfie, right? Of course. Now, and every tattooer, older tattooer, has tattooed celebrities. I've tattooed celebrities. 
I'll give you an example. I won't say who it was, but mm. I'll give you an example. Uh, one gets a tattoo. This is years ago. Has a roll of hundreds. He gets a really mm. small cross. I think I did a little cross, a football player on his face. Tell him, you know, it's going to be 90 bucks. So he whips out a wad of hundreds and then has like $83 and says, hey, man, will you take this? I, I, it, and I'm just looking at him like... <laughs> What the fuck, right? Yeah, right. You can't give me a hundred and a tip. You dig what I'm saying? So yeah, I'm saying, yeah. I just think, okay. So I don't always think tattooing yeah. celebrities is the, because I think a lot of them lose touch, maybe lose touch of reality. Now on the flip side of that, I tattooed Deborah Wilson, who was on Mad TV. Mm -hmm. I, I did like 20 tattoos, covered her body. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, we, we tattooed her tits, her nipples. I mean, every part of her body. She'd mm -hmm. been tattooed by Philip Lou. And I mean, everybody, Charlie, everybody. And she just kept coming back for more, and she was the nicest, funniest, most wonderful human being I'd ever met in my life. Like, mm. I mean, seriously, we hit it off, me and her. So I think it goes both ways. You know, you get Dennis Rodman in there, and he's just, God bless him. Mm -hmm. It's just, I shouldn't say that. It's just different. It's just different. But I think a lot of dudes do seek out celebrities now. But it's part of the, I don't, you know, it's kind of like, I think maybe what's happening with culture in general mainstream culture is that it's so fucking dry yeah. and sanitized and like monogamous in a way that doesn't have anything and so they look for these whether it's barbering right Everybody's that's big barbering, now right right that's yeah they're like tattooers they, i didn't they, realize that they travel they go on tour they they guest spot at places like tattooing right i think i remember ed hardy told me i think was it um mahoney or or one of them was a barber or, or was it Rolo? I don't, I don't think Be it's Malone. Malone. Malone was a barber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He he cut hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rollo. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I think there's kind of like this shared past because it's both very... Sure. So, well, tattoo shops and it used to be in Barber. I mean, okay. there used to be like in New York in the early 20s uh -huh. on Chatham Square. They used to be a chair yeah, yeah. you cut hair i think moskowitz walter moskowitz's shop was mm. actually the last chair in a barber shop mm. and they fixed black eyes and i mean i think they did a lot of things in that barber shop but including <laughs> tattoo yeah but yeah yeah I, I i get it i get it yeah that's true it's it's but what's happened with reality tv is now everybody wants to be famous for doing nothing mm. just being you dig like yeah, like and 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 that's what reality because I I heard and I I think I whined about this on Instagram but I heard that eight out of ten high school kids now think they're going to be famous. I believe it. And you know, some a really good friend I really love. It's like, what do you care what kids think and dream? And I'm thinking, well, who's going to drive the trucks? Mm -hmm. Who's going to run the jack? I mean, if we're all going to be fucking reality stars, then <laughs> who's running the fucking country? You dig? Like, yeah. No, I think it is refreshing to hear because people don't realize that like social media, it has its purpose. It has its role. It does. Yes. But it's not fucking real. Yeah. No, it's that, not. That That's the other thing. Okay. And that's why I, even on mine, a lot of times I'm going, you want to check my paperwork? Because I have it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not kidding when I tell you where I've been or what I've done. But I think... A lot of people see someone on so, and if they're dressed a certain way or they're mm -hmm. that, then that's just a given. Oh, that dude's a gangster, man. Yeah. You know, because he, you know, and it's like, well, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe he's never even yelled at anybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, it, but yeah, it's true. Social media has an air of, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get DMs every day. 
like mm. every day. I'm not kidding you. And I only have like 15,000 followers, but telling me, hey, Shane, thank you for, you know, I mean it every day, every day, every day. So social media has been good to me, but I always think of it like a free website mm -hmm. to sell me. Yeah. You know, I want to do tattoos. It's not my favorite thing to do in the world anymore, but I got kids, you know, I got people to feed, you know, yeah. so... Yeah, so social, but I think it's true. People think if they know someone on social media, they know them, mm. right? Like what mm -hmm. you were saying, yeah, yeah. But I, you know what? Also, I sometimes think about like, and I don't know if you know, but the leading um, theoretical physicist says that we're they they have they call it the string theory of reality. That weren't they call it the and they literally scientists. This isn't like some fucking sure sure I, some no, aluminum shed somewhere. I want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. And, and basically, in its simplest form it's we're in the matrix that this is just all computer code. Ah, uh, and literally that's basically in its basic element is what it means. But I wonder if, because social media, it's all about algorithms. And what we're looking at is sometimes I wonder, does the fucking phone hear me? Cause you know, I could be talking to somebody about some shit and then all of a sudden I'm scrolling and fucking thing shows up. An ad or something. Right. right? Yeah. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. holy fuck. Well, I mean, there was that movie that they say is real that they're looking at us through our phones. And, you know, if you, you know, yeah. I forget what that the guy worked for the CIA or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Edward Snow. And he was, yeah, right. Yeah. And he was putting the band aid over it. You know what yeah. I mean? Okay. I, I've said this on, on media, but, you know, like I have this beef with my neighbor, mm -hmm. right? I, and we moved in. He immediately, he's a nut. Straight fucking lunatic, this guy. He's younger than me. Fucking started in right away. Uh, uh, you know, did, uh, at the time I wasn't smoking, but Karen was, who I live with. And, and, and she would smoke as far physically from this guy's house and the way we parked our cars. So he started in and he called the city and we had to remove this deck he knew we didn't have a permit for. He'd only moved in four months before us. And then he wrote, the tax board and told him that I was selling guitars out of the shop and they came and searched the shop and he wrote my doctor and said he's in a prison gang and he kills people I mean just crazy but what I'm getting at is recently mm -hmm. I was told by the law enforcement agency that they uncovered a plot this guy's trying to kill me like a like for real what the fuck and and they call and they're like hey uh shane and i knew who it was because they've been investigating a couple things around that neighborhood and i'm like and they're like we've uncovered this plot and i'm like really how he goes i can't tell you it's still under investigation so i'm like okay so he's gonna poison me cut my brake line shoot me you know bomb me i mean what and I don't know, maybe he just said, I feel like killing that fucker, you know, or something. You dig? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know what he, but in what you said, does your phone hear you? Mm -hmm. Well, then you start thinking, well, how the hell did they find that out? Mm -hmm. Are they keystroking him? Mm -hmm. You know, did he order something? I mean, this is a big law enforcement, a big, the main law enforcement agency. And, and I'm like, what? How? You know, like, I don't even know if I was supposed to say that on here, but you know what the truth is, is I don't care because- yeah. They ain't doing nothing about it. So they just like, our our deal is just to inform you. But back to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. How 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 do they yeah. know? I mean, but they won't tell me, you know. That's some crazy shit. Never ends. Shane's life never <laughs> ends, man. Never ends. Never a dull moment. I, I just went to the weed fe harvest festival. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even smoke weed. 
but there's guys that have this oil field extract thing. They're really good dude. I met at a convention. He's coming down. He goes, Hey, you want, and I just want to see it. So I mm-hmm. go there and there's just, I mean, it's insane. So, but why I say that is I just, I like to, ex- it's just the life of Shane. <laughs> Cause some kid on my Instagram was like, I couldn't believe I saw you there. Why not? Why wouldn't I? I mean, yeah. you dig, but yeah, it culture, it's a trip. Yeah. Because you've lived several, it seems like you've lived several lifetimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had a pretty interesting life. Yeah, I lived on, on the street since I was like 13. And in Southern California? Yes. Well, I was born in Boulder, Colorado. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a very strict family. But uh, when I was 12, man, my grandfather was like the male figure in my life. I think I got one picture on Instagram. It's me like making a face. It's mm-hmm. the only one I have of me and him. But he taught me to read all the good things I have in my life. Keep my nails. Look, you know what I mean? Like yeah. good things that, you know. And then when he was, when I was 12, he like dropped dead and our family fell apart. And I ended up hitchhiking across the country a few times at 13. And then ended up in... The same year ended up, yeah, in Southern California. And then I lived on the streets since then. So, you know, a street kid like that, I mean. Mm-hmm. Nothing but trouble. It's huh? a wild world out there, you know, and there's a lot like like uh, cults. I was in cults when I was a kid because that's who they prey on. They prey on kids. Mm-hmm. So, and you're hungry. So you're going to, you know, go listen to them tell you about, you know, Paramahansa Yogananda and, you know, what all that. Uh, you're going to, and you, you know, you're, you're very impressionable your grandfather's dead or my grandfather's dead i'm probably mourning it's the first death that i've ever really experienced and that's when you the the indians the native americans they call it the sacred wound when Mm. a child finds out life ain't it's it's treacherous Mm -hmm. you know and that that, i guess that was probably my sacred wound but yeah i have lived with that doing i have and then i found out like punk rock and that was a whole nother trip and i was very lucky i i feel like i got to you know be at the real center of it like 79 80 mm-hmm. 81 and then you know of course i robbed banks and i was always in trouble i i robbed pharmacies for banks i was a drug addict i've been sober for years but yeah million lives but you paid your debt though right i mean you went yeah 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 eight years yeah 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 and i've been out 25 years never been in trouble never been in trouble again like it's over man like Mm -hmm. i'm not i won't give that system another day Mm -hmm. i mean i i'm glad i I, it's the best thing that ever happened to me because Mm -hmm. being a street kid i i didn't know how to iron my clothes i didn't i didn't even have a bed Mm till i went to the joint and Mm -hmm. then older guys showed me how to do all that you know what i mean how to even shave i didn't even know how to shave you know because i'd live with older girls or you know like the mother of my daughters she's dead now but she's like the girl that OD'd with Darby Crash or the suicide pack of the germs. I don't know if you're hip to all that, mm-hmm. the germs. But um, she was 12 years older than me. I was 16. She was 28. But, you know, she ain't can't teach me how to be a guy, how to be, you know what I mean? So the joint was real good for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't regret it at all. I don't regret robbing the banks. I The only thing, and I told someone this recently because there's a kid, Amol Orth, who I bumped into. I did a tattoo on him. And this kid's in the art world. He Right now he works at a the Rashashan gallery in Denver, but we hit it off and he was doing a documentary. He's going to follow me around with the camera. And I don't know how I feel about it. I'm not saying I'm even documentary worthy. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that, okay, let's, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm an experience and things. Let's try it. His mom was a bank teller. 
So he's telling his mom, oh, I got found this dude and he used to rob banks. He did 29 of them. And then and his mom's like, yeah, well, I was a bank teller. So I was terrorized by those. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing that I don't like about what I did is, you know, I scared people, you know, because yeah. I, I know I did. You know what I mean? And I know that like in the joint, you'd meet guys and they lived off scaring people. That's what they liked to do. Mm-hmm. Me, it was a means to an end. I never meant to terrify a bank full of customers you know, yeah. you know? So, anyway. so that was because you were addicted and stuff like that yeah, i was a heroin addict and broke wow. and i had met other bank robbers and they kind of told me how to do it and mm-hmm. we, we were on a street corner with nothing and uh, i used i went and got a toy gun so i could just show them something to start and then and and like the FBI, when they caught me, they're like, man, you're really good. You know, like that whole rap. And, you know, maybe they're kissing my ass. What do I know? But I'm like, if you guys would have caught me on the first one, we wouldn't be having 29 now. It wasn't that I was good at it. It's that, what are you going to stop? I mean, you do one and you do two. The money runs out, you do three, four. And then, you know, but I don't regret any of that. I I, I think I beat the explosion of the prison population. It's exploded. There's millions of people. And it's really unfortunate because at the very end of my sentence, I saw kids, 18-year-old kids, like with three rocks of Coke and a couple bullets get 30 years. Mm -hmm. And prisons are factories with fences around them. People, I don't know if they realize this or not, but in federal prison, the prison industries is called Unicor. It used to be federal prison industries. And they bid on the same contracts as McDonnell Douglas and other people, but they got slave labor so mm. they can get it cheaper. You dig? And so I think, and I'm not trying to get all conspiracy and all weird on or whatever, but mm. you know, you got a workforce of dudes doing 30 years and you tell them, Hey, we'll give you a dollar 10 an hour instead of two cents an hour for mopping a floor. You can have the bottom bunk. You can go to chow early. You can go buy your stuff at the commissary. I mean, no, I, I, you know what? I was just talking to somebody the other day because I'd seen someone on social media had posted they were there's this campaign that they want to merge yards, and um, yeah, the the CDC wants to to allow the some of the yards to be merged, and everybody's like, there's a lot of there's a movement to the families saying don't do that. Well, it makes sense if they do it because for them, then of course, what's going to happen? violence and then they oh, could say big violence we need more money we don't have enough it's already the biggest industry i think, I think to, yeah today i was just listening on the news this morning two riots at prisons two separate prisons within like 15 20 minutes of each other oh i'm sure and i'm thinking okay what what's the coincidence you know oh i'm sure it, it, really they're gonna merge yard that's insane I that is know. insane that's what uh, like, like i said i saw somebody on social media had a campaign and they were going to protest up in Sacramento because they wanted to merge yards. And I thought for most people, maybe they don't understand, but it would be like, oh, that that's a great idea. You know, put everybody populations together. But then I thought it's it's a way to, to allow violence to happen. Absolutely. And then that is exactly, I mean, that is exactly what will happen. Mm-hmm. And I mean, anybody should just go back and read. There's a book. on the New Mexico prison riots in 81. It's not, I, th- I get it mixed up because it's, it, Eddie Bunker wrote books like No Be So Fierce or The Animal Factory. It's a book like, oh, it's The Hate Factory. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they rioted there 
in like 81 or 82. And I knew guys from there because I was in the feds and they had sent mm -hmm. a bunch of dudes from there. They killed so many people in there that they don't even, they, they burned the rosters. It was mm -hmm. pre-computers. They didn't even know how many people they had. They had piles of bot. I mean, yeah. that is exactly what, I mean, that's what's going to happen. I, I mean. Yeah, but it is. It's because it's, it's about money. It's oh all, yeah it's all it's, about money everything bottom line that's right that's right uh but speaking of so not only you've lived that life because yeah, yeah. i see it and, and i wanted to say when i when i see your instagram videos you do these short you know one minute one minute yeah yeah of and i was gonna say this guy's the king of cut because one of the things you always do is cut, cut. that started on accident <laughs> on national knife day <laughs> Cause I have a switchblade buck knife and uh -huh. I, and it's like, I found out it was national knife day. So I gave the camera to one of the kids at the shop and I'm like, here, film me. What poop butts that too started mm -hmm. right then national knife day, switchblade buck, never leave home without it. And I took the buck and did cut. And then that just became cut. And now it's even on the back of my t-shirts cut. <laughs> and I never met. Yeah. 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 But it's good. I mean, in, in a way I, 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 I hear what you're saying about your experiences that you don't regret. You regret the the sure the emotional stuff you sure. probably which sure. you know like you're saying not everybody. Ha I I look at it like man, you have a conscience. You know what I mean? Sure. Some people don't. They're no 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 ruthless. Well, no, that's why I always tell people the the smartest people I ever met were in prison, and the 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 dumbest, the the most. I don't know if dumb's the right word. That just animals yeah. i mean they they're predators and they do not i mean i saw things in there that just hurt my heart because you knew this yeah. guy, guy was gonna do something horrible to someone else there's nothing you can do about it you just have to kind of try to walk away from it be a stone fate you dig like but but yeah no i i i tell one story about being in because i was in group homes and juvenile mm -hmm. halls i mean you name it name it i've been there Mm -hmm. maybe not each facility but you know that part mm -hmm. the group homes ya the system yeah. right and and there was a guy one place we were at there was a dog we had a dog at the camp fire camp na named bummer and there was a guy there that used to beat this i mean he would grab it by its leash and swing it around into trees and i mean just like and i was little i was the youngest guy there I was 12 or 13 when i was there and wow. he's 17 and i just thought where is your fucking heart, man? I mean, something's wrong with you, big. I mean, <laughs> dude, you know. But yeah. that's, you know what I mean. And then, and then other times, like there was a guy I was in the joint with in Lewisburg, Danny. Wonderful human being. He's doing life for having possession of a gun that killed a cop in 1968, Democratic Vietnam. Mm -hmm. He was a S student for a Democratic Society. Mm -hmm. Life sentence. This guy is finding out judges that are going to hear his appeal, getting their horoscope, looking at the stars, seeing when the best time for the judge to read his appeal. I mean, that's how desperate and how, but brilliant. It's a brilliant mm -hmm. idea because he's, he, if you believe in that, yeah, he's thinking, wow, if he gets this on the right day and the Mars is conjunct with fucking you, you dig, maybe he'll let me out. That's pretty desperate. You dig? Yeah. Like it's, 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 the system is, it's, it's it's heartbreaking. It, it it really is, but at the same time, it's fucking necessary. Yeah. I mean, necessary. And I'm sure all of us in daily life, and especially mm -hmm. now with the internet, YouTube. I mean, we've all seen. See, that's what I think is what's wrong with the kids today. 
Okay, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I'm I'm 54. Man, you want to see porno or any of that? You had to get one of the magazines, and it better be hardcore to even <laughs> see that kind of thing. You dig? Right. Today, some 12 year old kid, he's seen it everything. I mean, there's no stone left unturned because all he's got to do is push a button. You dig? And I think that it has really affected us as a whole. Mm -hmm. You know, I I, I mean. Did you ever see that movie Idiocracy? No. You know, Mike Judge, the, the, the guy who created Beavis and Butthead. Yes. Um, he did a movie years, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 years ago. Uh, it's called Idiocracy. Right. And I had one of the guys that was in that movie on the show. And um, basically it was about America in the future. That basically we had a character as a president who was just outlandish. Mm-hmm. And society had degraded to mm. in front of TV, junk food, preservatives, mm. and like a de-evolution. Yeah. A regression of humanity had yeah. taken place. I mean, not even water. They didn't drink water anymore. All they had was like a sports drink. And <laughs> <laughs> corporate corporations owned yeah. the system. Yeah. And, um, but, but uh, anyway, so when I had the actor here, we were talking, he goes, he goes, it's the first movie that ever became a documentary, you know, because it, you know, it's foretelling. But I think you're right. When you're looking at people today, you know, technology has its, upside of course and it's downside exactly very which we don't even hopefully in our lifetime we don't actually see the blowback from it yeah but unfortunately the kids my grandkids yeah you know i mean i started having kids at 16 i got a slew of them they're all grown up (laughs) and now i got grandkids and all i think is oh man what is their world gonna you dig but just like our parents, I, I have a f- friend, Human, who was the bass player of the Vandals. We've been friends since we were kids, Steve Fowder. His family and my family went through World War II, mm-hmm. we're Germans. And, and we talk about, well, just like our family survived, whatever my grandkids are going to face, it's going to be, that's their lot. And whether I, I would love to make the world a better place, mm-hmm. nice and all that. But the truth is, is if you look at history... Shit hits the fan every so often, mm. and and humans are the brunt of it. I mean, you know how many people died in World War II? How many? You know what I mean? I mean, we're due, we're due, we're due. And I, it, I think though, but it's it's probably like I could think for my family, it's there's certain things that have transcended generations, sure, beliefs, traditions, sure, you know, necessary that ha- that are like you know. And that that maybe is the only thing that'll help the next generation. Sure, like for of my course. kids, I think. Of yes, like you don't need no. Don't sit in front of the fucking us, TV all us. day. Yeah, us. I I would love nothing more than to talk to juvenile hall kids. Like like I mm-hmm. I, I would. I mean, and I've been there. Mm-hmm. You dig? Like there's nothing. I played, I went this tribal tattoo tour. I don't know if you saw my Instagram, but they picked 16 of us and they put us in a bus. My friend Patrick had this tribal tattoo magazine because I write a lot. I write Mm -hmm. a lot of articles, mostly tattoo related, but I've had articles in Penthouse about bank robberies and crime and stuff like that. But um, we went to Europe Mm -hmm. and I played at the Aachen convention, this album. And uh, afterwards, this woman came up to me and she was like, Shane, you're going to hate my job when I tell you what it is. And she watched the show and I go, well, what is it? And she says, I'm a prison guard. And I'm like, well, you ain't my prison guard. And then she was like, (laughs) would you like to play the prison in Germany Mm -hmm. this spring? And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, let's go right now. Like, I'd like nothing Mm -hmm. more than to play 
in those places. But really with kids, because it's the kids, they need us just like your the family thing the tradition you know what i mean somebody needs to hip them that you know it's not as cool as you think or it's not as hip you know mm -hmm. just because it's on social media because what is the fight clubs and you know what i mean you see there's some brutal shit there's yeah. some shit where i i think to myself like fuck somebody was sitting there recording that shit yeah. put your phone down and help whether it's you know, like some woman getting beat up by a man or, you know, some crazy shit. Just like, cr yeah. Get involved. Like, yeah. Or, or put it down and call. If, you, if it's a dangerous situation, you know yeah. what? I look at it like at a certain point, I don't care what people think of you, man. Make that call. No, no, Help no. that fucking no, person. No, no, it's, it's true. That's what I'm saying. Because like in the joint, when I first went in there, I went through I went through hell. I couldn't mm. grow a mustache. I mean, hell. And I watched a lot of other guys, PC, like give up. And I mean, a young kid like me, predators. And But I just refused. And I used to walk around with a black eye for the first like six, eight months thinking, oh my God, I got to do another 10 fucking years. <laughs> you know? But what I'm saying is in that, watching guys unmercifully beat other guy. I mean, just, and I, I mean, yeah, maybe the guy was a rat. I don't know what he did. Okay. I don't know, mm -hmm. but hurt my heart to see that shit. So yeah, when people film that and they're just, I mean, it's heavy, it's heavy. I don't, I don't know if people even realize how, you know, it's like a human being and you know, they're going to, you know, well, you know, but it's, but it's technology. I think the technology makes it, it desensitizes to the fact that it's a person or an animal, or whatever it is being hurt. Okay. There was a guy, there was a movie called The Bridge. You know, I'm big on mm -hmm. suicide. I even do little one-minute videos about don't do it. It's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yeah, and uh, me, I always think, and I'm I'm a suicidal guy. I think, fuck, I don't want to live in it. I've just had it. You know, I'm mm -hmm. so unhappy, or it's too hard, or my life has been too, whatever it is. But then I always think, well, I don't have to do that today. I can do it tomorrow. Let's just wait one more day. You dig what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then, but there was a movie called The Bridge where a guy in San Francisco, did you see it? No. He took his camera and he filmed the San Francisco Bridge for, for, for a month. And it's, everyone jumps from that bridge. Mm -hmm. So he'd catch jumpers and then he'd do their backstories. And sure. one guy was up there taking a picture and this chick crawls over the fucking thing and it's going to jump. And then he just realizes and pulls her back. And he said that when he's looking through his camera, he was a nat uh, like he did tigers or you know whatever yeah. wildlife. That sometimes he forgets that he's actually there because he's looking through the little you dig. Mm -hmm. So he actually forgets that he's actually a participant. So in that same theory, what you're saying is set your phone down. You dig what I'm saying? I yeah. think sometimes people get lost, and you know, I mean. I mean, I, uh, on another note, you know, I did an article on my bank robberies and saying, you know, that the truth is they wanted me to rob those banks because I'm the system. I'm job security. Mm. They, they need us. They need it. People don't realize that. But, you know, there's some dumb prison guard that needs me no mm. matter how intelligent I am. He needs me. So I do the stupid thing and, you know, but my thing was today with social media, when I robbed those banks, they didn't have phones. You had to pay phones. What, everyone's going to be filming your getaway? What, you're going to have a crime partner and he's going to be like putting on Facebook, me and homie scoping out the bank. <laughs> like, like, did you hear about that <laughs> cop that, I don't know if it's LAPD or sheriffs, but um, 
he was doing a Facebook live or something, a stream with his ex. He was harassing his ex girlfriend or something. So he's, he's doing it and he gets a call while they're doing it. Uh, while he's communicating with her about a shooting. I don't know if it was a death or something. Somebody had got shot and he totally ignored it. And so then she turned the, the video in and he got fired. I don't know if they sought charges, but it was, you can't do shit these days. You can't. Yeah. No, Nothing. no, 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 you, you, no, no, no. Don't you, do shit these days. I'll tell you that much. And then, and, and I, I mean, even before that, like when I got out, I, I mean, I'm done I, because I felt like, okay, been there, done that, been to all those prisons, high level, got five disciplinary transfers, was a troublemaker, did three and a half years in the shoe program, did all of it. I'm not giving them one more day. If I got to walk to the crosswalk to, without jaywalking, I'm going to do it. If I got to run a jackhammer to pay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do gratitude because you lose this gratitude that I ha- can, this water, me and you, what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, there, you can't beat freedom with a stick. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's looking at, I mean, it's the greatest thing in the world. So yeah. you matured, you grew up, man. Well, I think. I think what happens with a lot of people, I have one friend from in there and I had a lot of, you know, everyone loved me. I was a maniac and, you know, they all loved me. And, but I have one friend from there that stayed out. Everyone else, I think they lose, you know, like, okay, I get out. My pro officer tells me you aren't going to tattoo. That's all I've ever done. They're dens of iniquity. I'm a federal pro officer. You ain't tattooing. Go get a fucking job. Okay, what what I could say? No, fuck that. Dude. You know I'm gonna go do whatever the hell I want, and I got a job running the jackhammer. I think I told this story, but it was luck. It was luck. But and then every day I just would be like, man, I'm just grateful that I'm out here. And so, how'd you get into tattooing? Group home. My when my grandfather died, I end up in the group homes. I you know, I end up in the Third Street group home, and I'm the youngest kid in there, and we were at the dinner table and there's a guy with a heart. Never seen a tattoo before in my life. And I'm like, what is that? He goes, it's a tattoo. We'll show you how to do them after dinner. And my yeah. grandfather taught me to draw. The first thing we ever drew were World War I airplanes. He's a German guy. Mm-hmm. So I could draw. So the next thing you know, I'm, I mean, 12, I had Led Zepp. And I mean, I had 12-year-old tattoo. You dig? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Mahoney covered them all on the pike when I was like 16 or something, but uh, that's how I got into it. And then later, the only place is open late at night for a kid that might have nowhere to go is what? Tattoo mm-hmm. shops in Long Beach, Long Beach. And I'd go hang out or mop the floor, or, you know what I mean? And it was natural. I think the other thing is, and everyone always says this, there was a group of us that had tattoos, a lot of tattoos before anybody. Mm-hmm. So I was very fortunate in that now, like we've talked about, I mean, forget it. Everyone. It's, I mean, it's, it's, I, I think there's a lot of people today that are getting tattooed that shouldn't, mm-hmm. it, you know, like the customers that come in to get tattooed. So I, I think when I see them, I go, you shouldn't get tattooed because you're, you have obsessive compulsive disorder. They're natural. They're on the skin. Skin is an organ. You know what I mean? There is no such thing as perfection. Mm-hmm. I think that today, more than ever, the tattooers are excellent. I mean, mm-hmm. the cat is out of the bag. And back in the 80s, there was like certain guys that were really good. Bob Roberts, his application was flawless. Ed, Ed mm-hmm. was a little looser, but today they're all flawless 
I mean, it's unusual. I see guys two, three years that, you know what I mean? It used mm-hmm. to be like you'd see a group of guys and they their, their application, you'd be like, wow. Now I go on Instagram and everybody, except maybe some lames, and they're going to get there because mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's, the bar has risen, but it's risen to the point where I got tattooed from people I liked. Prison too. Like if I liked a guy, I got one from him. Um, I didn't care how good they were. I mean, I didn't want them to put a five-year-old upside down stick figure on. You dig? Mm -hmm. But in the same token, I didn't seek out the world's best tattooer. You know, when Mahoney did all those tattoos, I mean, the pike, we met on accident. He just happened to be there. And Mm -hmm. he was really good at that. I mean, really incredible. I mean, he did Mm -hmm. a monkey on my back with a shark skin suit and an outfit. And I mean, we did some cool that Mm -hmm. I, you know, but, but I see guys now they get tattooed by some name and maybe the guy, the big name guy is a fucking creep. And then you're going to have that. You dig what I'm saying? Where I'd rather get one from a guy that's not that good, but I love him. It means something. Yeah, you know, so, so I mean, I think today a lot of people, you know, they get their Gucci handbag, they get their fucking whatever, and then they get their sleeves. You know what I'm saying? And, and I see all these kids are like 25, 28, these tattooers, and they're covered from here to their toes. And I think what happens is before they're really good at it or getting good, they think, I got to have everyone know I'm a tattooer. So they cover as much of their body as they can. And I would mm-hmm. see these guys, some of them, and I, I've asked them, they'd know who they are. And I'd be like, wow, you, you, how old are you? And they'd go, 28, 20. I go, and you don't have any fucking room left on your entire fucking body? I go, what if you're 45? Bob has room. Bob Roberts, he's 73. I have room. Mm-hmm. Mahoney has room. What, like, like. But I think it has become, it's a costume. So, oh, I got my throat, my face, this and that. You know, oh, it must be a tattoo. You dig? And I think you lose sight of the, Bob says this, that, you know, it's spiritual. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe, you know, you're putting a duck that says, why me? And it's nothing, or a hot stuff. But he says that something occurs between two people when you do that to their you dig what i'm mm-hmm. saying so so somewhere i think in the middle lies you like everything you know there's the extremes but i think uh, you know it's become it's very different like you were saying how did i get into it well that's how i got into it you know what i mean there were only places open and i was always i mean the moment i saw him mm-hmm. i was i mean i mean i i walk in a tattoo shop when i was a kid and i wanted every single design off the wall you know what i mean like oh my god i gotta get that panther oh my god that you know but mm-hmm. then i go to the joint i most a lot of mine are is joint work and and people are mistaken about jail work they think it, it's actually really if you get the right dudes doing it, they're really talented mm-hmm. i mean all that black and gray the most single needle fine line beautiful tattoos that that's all from the penitentiary. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, you must have seen some guys with them, haven't you? Or it goes the full gamut, you know, the full, just like out here, the guy with the scrawled, like there was a guy in there one time had Harley. This guy was from West Virginia. Mm-hmm. He takes his shirt off and he has Harley Davison spelled wrong going down <laughs> his back. It's like D A V I S S O N. And I'm like, dude, where'd you get that tattoo? That's great. Can I have the pattern for that? You know, think I could have the stencil? Because it's like, none of the dudes in your state pen knew how to spell fucking Davidson. What are you, fucking crazy? But 
And then someone else will have some beautiful single needle, these beautiful girls and peacocks and, you know, the girl looking through the keyhole and smile now, cry later. And, you know, anyway. The peacock. The peacock's one that I don't see very rarely. And that and the, was and they're old. so fun to do. And yeah. yes, yes. No, they've, 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 they don't do them anymore. Yeah. Not no. even in art, not even like in flash work do I even see. Well, that's another thing. Once upon a time, not that many people painted flash. Like, you'd get fired for painting flash, like with Shaw and Todd, mm -hmm. because they'd be like, why are you painting flash? You can open your own shop. What well, you use our flash. You don't need to paint flash, you know? Now they paint, but I think a lot of guys, when they paint, they don't go, this would be a good shoulder tattoo. This would be a good forearm tattoo. Mm -hmm. They paint to show their prowess at painting. And at this point, I mean, you, you see Instagram, everyone can paint. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're damn near illustrators and cartoonists. And it's, it's like, <laughs> it's perfect. There's nothing. I mean, it's almost too perfect, but you know, that's a whole industry in and of itself flash. Oh, well the art world, because I, the years I couldn't tattoo, I oil painted mm -hmm. and I, I taught myself and I got books on the old masters and I made my own pigments and tried to make varnishes, amber varnish and did all that shit until one day some painter told me, Hey Shane, you think if Rembrandt was alive, he wouldn't just go down to the fucking art store and buy a tube of paint. The only reason he was making that shit is because you couldn't buy it. And I thought, Oh, he's right. Yeah. You know, why am I wasting my time doing this when I should be? But why I say that is because then I'm tied into the art and I'm buying canvas and stretching it and I'm buying watercolor and everything. And now with all these tattooers, the watercolor paper industry, I mean, the dude that runs that must be like, boom, you know, what I mean? mm -hmm. there's thousands of fucking guys painting now. I mean, the watercolor industry must be just, I should have bought stock in it. I mean, man. <laughs> Don't right. put DNA in the pigment. Yeah. Just invest in the watercolors. <laughs> Man, like that, this one. This one came from Japan. I was from a, a barber shop there, but I like that they kept their style. They didn't try to like their iconography. Right, their right, symbolism. right. They didn't try to. It's got reminiscent of Americana style, but right. it's theirs. They didn't. Well, you know? the funny thing is, I don't know about it anymore, but it, twenty years ago, all the guys in Japan were getting traditional American tattoos, and all the Americans are getting Japanese. You know what I mean? It's like. Which I think that's how um, Ed Harding, um, when they he, they took him over because they wanted somebody to do American style. Sure. And he went, and that's when the whole joined his though. Yeah, they got into that got into whole thing. And Aguri then, and uh, yeah, and he, yeah. You know, and if people, I don't know how many people out there know, but Ed is just got like I don't know if it's full full body. I think it might be. Uh, but a lot of it is Japanese yeah, yeah. and a lot of it is Panels and stuff, Chicano yeah. stuff too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both. On, on his arms. Both. Yeah. Right. Which is, it's kind of, you know, yeah, right away he points out, this is a Freddie Negrete, you know. Right. And he can point out because the artist, it means something. That's why I wonder about the kids today. Right. Like, fuck, how can you, uh, like me, I mean, I got a handful started when i was 14 sure and i took but a you're break a tattoo guy but by 21 i was done sure i think i got one about four or five years ago sure because it meant something you know i'd met at hardy it was like a huge process to even get an interview from yeah him. yeah sure i was pretty much stalking him yeah and what did he tattoo you <laughs> no i got his pattern from another tattooer okay. who meant a lot sure and it was like to me to commemorate that sure. achievement in my life. Sure. So I wonder about kids today. Not only a are they getting ink poisoning because <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. know from uh, you know earlobe to fingertip in a year, 
you know that it, how does it mean shit? You know that that doesn't this is in your lymph system. That the inks, the pigments are actually in even if they're I'm not talking about poison, but what I've heard is that your lymph system is kind of your filter for you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's why you get cancer there a lot and stuff is that people have gotten their lymph gland heavily tattooed and they were filled with black and Wow. Well, you know, but yeah. And then this face thing, dude. I mean, I mean, these things, they look like a sixth grade desk. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? But they, I mean, what are you doing? I mean, what are you doing? But somebody said to me the other day, and they're right, and if someone's been tattooing like me many, 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 many years, said, Shane, it's not a big commitment anymore. You can just go get it lasered. So, you know, getting your face blasted mm -hmm. ain't what it used to be. And they're right. Because, like, okay, in the 50s, there was that guy, Dr Dracula, the, in New York, getting tattooed. Mm -hmm. He got his face tattooed. And other tattooers said they used to beat the shit out. They, they you're like, you freak. But they're covered. Mm -hmm. But not in unusual. You dig? Like, yeah. like, like, it's just, it's, it's out of control. I, me, personally... I love it, and I'm known like as a machine. You know, I have a book written on antique machines that I've mm -hmm. never published. I, I we talked about publishing it, and I have a hell of a machine and and old because I collected stuff for years before anybody cared about that. Mm -hmm. But I never published it because it's a how to make forgeries. Mm -hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There are certain things that you can tell from a machine that you would, but. But at this point, I just decided I'd rather not get the money and not have a how to make a Joan. You dig? Like, like, so I don't want you to get me wrong. I love it, but I, I'd like out of it. So uh, out I of want the, out the, the tattooers, the, the people that you've looked up to. Who have you met that you, you know, you were like blown away that you actually met them and maybe became friends with them? And who did you want to meet, but never got her, you know, they passed on or whatever. Um, I, I don't know if I was blown away by anybody I met just because at the time I met them, maybe they weren't who they are today. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think what happens with tattooing, like, okay, Bob, Bob Roberts, and we were very close. One of my closest friends and we've built this relationship and uh, over the, we do holidays together, like Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. we, you know, we do things, but I, I think he's the greatest living American artist. I mean, his painting. I mean, without question. I think his voice is incredible, and it's tattoo-based. And we hit it off because we were musicians. Mm -hmm. The tattoo thing was secondary. But I think what happens is that these guys, they, they want to get in with people. Like me and Mark Mahoney were close for many years. Um, still are. But we met. We were kids. You dig? Like, he mm -hmm. wasn't... Who he is today. Right. And, but I think what happens is these kids that get into tattooing, they think there's some inner circle because, you know, you know people. Mm -hmm. But it's just, you know somebody. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah, they're just people. If there was anybody, uh, like, in the past that's dead, like that Owen Jensen. Like, I mean, I mean, uh, uh, Chewy, he has Deer Eye Studio. Mm -hmm. I oh, don't know. it's not far from here. He has the best... Owen Jensen Flash collection. I mean, and I never thought Owen was that good, but when I saw the Flash he got, Owen was at the top of his game. It blows Jerry. It blows doors on Jerry. I mean, it's in, it is amazing, hmm. like incredible. But 
I think I was more into musicians. You know what I mean? Like, like I, 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 I love tattooing. I love it. But it, to me, it was more a job mm-hmm. than I think these kids today are more like, oh, I, I saw Bob Roberts. Oh, my God. Or, you know what I mean? I saw, you know, but. Musician wise, uh, your musical influences. Oh, well, Dwayne Allman. The Allman oh. Brothers Band are my favorite band. Dwayne, specifically, and he died at 24. But what he was trying to achieve, slide guitar, uh, uh, blues players, many, Furry Lewis, my favorite, Furry Lewis, Memphis guy, um, amazing. Uh, Stones, a certain period, 68 to 74. Punk rock, um, Sick Pleasure was this band from Frisco I really loved. Um anything good but i also music's changed too mm-hmm. you know i mean it it's 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 well maybe it hasn't maybe i'm just being an old guy going hey i walked uphill to and from school god damn it you don't In know what snow. i went through yeah you don't know what i've been through i no i do believe i do think that i mean we're probably about a, a we have a good age gap but still i'm you know sure. quite a bit older than most people sure. out there but I, I don't know that didn't make sense but I, I do find myself saying the same shit sometimes. Yeah, you like, can't, yeah. And maybe it's true. Maybe people, I ran a, ran across a payphone the other day and I was like, fuck, who yeah. uses a payphone these days? Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, but back then, yeah. that was how you, if you didn't want to make a call from home, you know, yeah. you had to walk to the payphone. Right. That's where the whole- It's antiquated now, right? Saying drop a dime, right? Right, right, right. 10 right. cents. Right, right. Um, to- you know, obviously up to no good, but well, now everybody has a phone. I mean, yeah. homeless people I hear mm-hmm. they have the Obama phones or whatever the hell they call those, right? <laughs> so some poor guy in a trash bag, you know what I mean? Again, <laughs> yeah, whips I, his phone out. <laughs> I see them like at at um, you know fast food places charging their phones. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. got electricity. Yeah, I mean, and and that's God bless them. They have a phone at least. Yeah, yeah. I guess who knows their story? Yeah, I mean, life can suck for everybody. Well, because but... were they homeless first, and then they tried the drugs? Because if you're homeless, and someone goes, "Hey, five bucks, you can get out of your head here. Try this. You might go. You know what? I'm pretty miserable right now. Let me smoke that." Yeah, a lot of mental issues out there. Well, too. no, it's, of course, but yeah, they, yeah, no, they ruined it. But yeah, man, I think it is. It's part of life and and maturing in life. To look back and, and the days are are so different today than so many people in my life that knew me when I was a kid. And you'll see them on Instagram say it sometimes. They just can't even believe I'm still alive because I was <laughs> I was crazy, man. And I, Hellraiser, look, huh? I look back at it and I think, holy shit, I did that. You know what I mean? Like like now. You know, like my neighbor's trying to kill me. You'd think, okay, I'm just going to go over there and kill him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, I don't want to. It's a death penalty case. You know, when I was a kid, what? I don't give a fuck. I'll beat it. You know, boom. I, now, okay, he's trying to kill me. What's a defensive posture? You know yeah. I mean? Like, it's just not the same. I think that's why 18-year-old kids fight wars. They get a young kid out there that's brain's not developed, hand him a gun and say, hey, kill that guy. And... They haven't been hardwired yet. Well, there was a neat thing in this Vietnam documentary on uh, Netflix, and this Vietnam vet was saying, well, these are the things that happen when you have children fight your wars. 
Wow. And it was heavy. Yeah, you should watch it. It's pretty heavy. So your record, tell me about the record. I'm going to put it up here for the people to see. Yeah. um, Originally, it was going to be released in two. Okay, I recorded it in 2000 with this guy, Michael Rosan, who's a wizard, incredible human being. I just love him. Someone heard me play at a party and asked if I had more original songs. And I played in the Flower I've been, I've always been a musician. I played in punk rock. I had a band, the Flower Leopards. We had records out. We toured mm-hmm. the Social Distortion. You know, various things. Social Distortion a few times. We toured with them before they were big. And um, so I always played. And so the, and when I was in the joint, I wrote all these songs. And somebody, I was at a party and I played one and someone heard it. And they're like, hey, do you have more of them? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, do you want to record them? And I'm like, yeah, of course. But... I'm thinking, yeah, right, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they called me and I got to record them in 2000 and it was going to be called Tales of a Lying, Thieving Child of God. That was my original. Mm-hmm. But then when Bob and Siv and I did an art show last year, we're looking for names. Duplex m- Minus, it was called. Like Duplex Minus. I guess that means double because we was musicians. It mm-hmm. was me, Tim Armstrong, Steve Caballero, Alex Brown, Siv, Bob, we're musicians that paint or whatever. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be called Divine American Pariahs and that got nixed. So when this guy approached me, this guy, when I recorded it, it got around like just a disc and it was on Reverb Nation. So people would hear it. And then this guy heard it that had outro records and he just said, you know, I've never put out a, a acoustic CD. I'm not even into acoustic music, but I really like yours. It's mm-hmm. really from the heart. Do you, would, would you be into recording it or, or releasing it? on vinyl and i'm like not yes hell yes you know like and what do you want to call it divine american pariah but they're all songs i wrote in prison Mm -hmm. except one cover song and some of them i had help from and um it's acoustic what i do now at the gigs is really stripped down and i've been playing a couple conventions and stuff but my first love has always been music Mm. i think like tattooing of course i'm known and i'm in the tattoo world and people come get tattooed and meet and i i love it you know i love the history and Mm. i'm involved but music is really the and writing that's another thing i wanted to say real fast before we get off into this people don't read anymore everything's a meme everything's a you know a audiobook audiobook and and there Mm. there's just to read, to soak it in, your vocabulary gets better. You know, you 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 exercise your brain. You know, I'm I'm also tied in. There's a a, a publisher called Punk Hostage, mm-hmm. and it's Iris Berries. And Iris and me go all the way back to punk rock. She wrote my liner notes. Yeah, on the, um, yeah, yeah. Um, she's author and award winning poet, and you know, and and we're we're extremely close. We always have been. Um, she had a book recently, and I won't go into the subject matter because whoever's going to hear, you know what I mean? But she's like, Shane, what do you think of this? And it's about a certain time in history, and it's one sentences. Hmm. And I'm like, you know, you're going to get quotes from people, like for the whole book. I mean, you, you know, my stories that I tell, I mean, what, I went, I robbed a bank, got busted. What do you think? That's that's it. It's a stripped down compute. You know what I mean? Whereas Mm. I would tell the story like, look, I was on the corner. I was broke. I I got in a cab. I had the cab driver. I didn't have a cent on me. I walked into the bank. I I said, give me the money. The teller hid under the thing. I'm standing there going, what the fuck am I going to do? You know, like, I mean, there's a descriptive thing that I think we're losing now. 
Hmm. with memes and the computer and i mean uh, google university there's a joke about that hey man i don't need to go to school i just google university you dig and 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 i mean when someone said that to me i was like thinking because i'm obsessed with i read like five i'm like right now i'm reading uh uh johnny roselli the johnny roselli book i'm reading uh a book on the uh, battle of antietam i'm reading a book on uh karma and persico i've been getting a little bit into mob but i'm obs- i read like i've always got books like mm. in my backpack always if i could tell kids juvenile delinquent you know one thing mm. read man because that's what my grandfather taught me read he taught me how to really enjoy writing so i like to write too mm-hmm. um but i think that's getting lost maybe i'm wrong but i think no, it's true because one, one one thing i thought of recently um, because i seen on social media uh, i thought and i don't know if it's a term but i just thought google geniuses right. right there's no more like or maybe it's not out there as much people with original thought or because they've actually discovered the information for themselves there are guys and you know this this is another thing I hate about my industry mm. that that I I know they go look at you know witty quotes and they put them on their Instagram mm-hmm. and then all these nitwits like oh swoo, oh you know what I mean and it's like <laughs> it's like it's like he got the quote wrong to begin with he doesn't know where it really came from like <laughs> like you know I said the thing about suicide. Mm-hmm. Part of what keeps me alive when I get really depressed is I want to learn more. There's one more thing I want to read. There's one more song I want to hear. There's one more. You dig? Like, yeah. like I mean it because, okay, this might be our only shot at this. You know, I'm, I, I like, I know reincarnation and, you know, I've done things like uh, past life regressions, you know, mm-hmm. like when I was a, okay. And so, and they were very real to me, but let's just go with the truth is, is you and me don't know what happens after you die i mean mm-hmm. i mean for for i mean you can say yes i do i have faith and my god and i okay cool hey mm-hmm. i hope it gets you but what if this is our only shot at it and what if our soul's eternity depends on people remembering who we were mm-hmm. you dig like what we leave here well tattooers once everyone they fucking tattoo dies, you know what I mean? They're based, I mean, there are a few we still remember, but you know, when they get this mm. whole fame thing going, it's like, dude, that's nothing compared to Steinbeck mm-hmm. or Dwayne Allman. I mean, everyone's going to hang, or Hendrix or Beethoven, you know, you can go into, uh, um, if we only live on, if our eternity depends on the memories of others, you better get to work. You dig what I'm saying? Because this could be your only shot at leaving anything in this planet that would keep people... Because I heard a saying that you die three times. I think this is an East Lowe saying, too. Hmm. You die when you die. You die when they put you in the ground. And you die when the last person remembers you. Wow. Is no longer alive. And so, you know, I mean, we're playing for all the marbles here. Like, we literally are. And it's easy. I forget it. You know, I, I lay in bed all day one day and then I realized, shit, that's one more day I didn't do anything. I didn't paint. I didn't play. I didn't, you Create. know. Yeah. And, and I, I mean. I like to think of every day. I always say every day is full of endless possibilities. 
I mean, that's as crazy as that shit sounds. It's, it truly is. No, no, those some of those sayings are are yeah. Every day is another chance to turn it all around. It's true. You know mm. what I mean? You can be strung out, fucked up, everything, and make a decision, and stick, and life will get better. You know what I mean? Like like no, it's true. And I think part of what you're saying too, like about even even uh, science has proven that everything's made of energy. Yes. Everything. Everything, this microphone, That's laptop, right. pencil, every, paper, wood, human beings. They say energy doesn't disappear. That's right. It just changes form. And that is, yeah, that is like a scientific fact. And I think it, the form that we probably do take is in the memories that we live on. In the lessons that we've, or the things we've created. Like this podcast, 50 years from now. Yeah. I'll probably be close to death, but, but, you, you <laughs> but never it'll know. be whether it's in some freaking place and some database and somebody wants to look up based on the tags that I put this on, that's right. they can access it. That's, you know what I mean? That's right. And, and it'll live on or through the people that you've influenced or through that's your right. work that's there. It lives. And then the other thing is, okay, money helps. I mm. would love I need a manager. I can't play gigs. I've played a few. I'm looking mm. for somebody. And you have to find a manager that really believes in you. Like this guy, mm. Emil Orth, that I mentioned before. Mm. This art guy. He's an art guy. But he's going to do this documentary. I mean, I know that guy believes. He thinks there's something here worth sharing with people. My stories, my music, my whatever, my art. Money helps. But when money becomes the final goal... I know a lot of rich people that are fucking unhappy mm-hmm. that, that it did not solve jack shit, mm-hmm. you know? And there's a saying when you get sober, you only keep what you give away. And, you know, I get shit all the time from people close to me. Shane, you're too generous. You're always helping somebody else. You're always giving them something like, here, take this. Here, you know, like always. And yeah, sometimes I can get bitter and be like hey when am i gonna get mine what does anyone fucking Mm -hmm. do from you know kind of thing that's temporary when i get that way but the truth is is we're only like as good as our last good deed kind of you dig Mm -hmm. like and i mean i'm not telling you to be a fool and give away your last dollar or whatever Mm -hmm. but but there is a lot of selfishness in this world you dig what and i mean Mm -hmm. that's more about the kids that you know when that person was giving me shit what do you care what teenagers think well if you think you're going to be a star there's something selfish mm. in that. Not that all movie stars are selfish or whatever, but these people get so self. You know, I watched this happen to tattooers. I, I have friends that got big, like huge, and their egos are out of this fucking. I mean, it's insane. Wow. I, I mean, I mean, God bless them, and they're good people. And but I mean, I mean, they couldn't fit in this room because they they get to <laughs> yeah. the point where they expect. And, and I, people sometimes say, I think a lot of people take my kindness for weakness because when I'm looking at them, I'm like, you're just a human being, dude. You put your pants on one leg at a time. Mm-hmm. Just make, so what you can fucking tattoo? What you're just doing, old regurgitated Burt Grimm images anyway. What are you really doing? Mm-hmm. How, how are your family? How You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I see a lot of that. I'm not trying to, you know, down, yeah. but probably in every, but that's what's dangerous about fame and Instagram and you know I'll say oh, I got 5,000 million followers hanging on my every word yeah what are you doing with that you mm-hmm. dig like like that's why sometimes I try speak my mind because maybe 
I mean, I talk shit too. Of course, I'm I'm yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm opinionated, mm-hmm. but maybe it'll help somebody. You know, like maybe I don't know. No, you, I, it, we ha- I I'm also the same thought of whoever we influence, whoever we come into interaction with, that they're better for knowing me or you. I, right. I look at it that way. Like whoever I deal with, whoever's come here to this podcast, you're the 39th guest I've had. Uh, some people have come in here complete strangers. I've never met them. Right. Some people have come in with their PR teams because, you know, they're yeah, right, they, they right. success. Right. But when they leave here, we're friends. Right. Because we've come to know each other. And I look at it like, yeah, it's cool for what everybody does. You're a tattoo artist. You're a musician. That's cool. But there's more to you than just that. That's right. That I want to talk about. Same thing with whoever it is, a celebrity chef. They come in. It's not just about, oh, who you cook for who and who and who. Right, right, this right. Show. No, let's talk about. What makes you tick as a human being, and what is it you fucking want to sure. do in life? Where where have you been, and where are you going, and what? Yeah, yeah it's not all just the the for the little uh, five ten second soundbite of right National Enquirer bullshit. Right, you know, right, give right. Give me the scoop. Tell me name names. Right, you know? right, right, right. Let's right. talk shit on right, people right. specific. Right, right. That's bleed and leading shit. I'm not into that. It's knickknack shit. Yeah, it's knack shit. No, no. There's a there's a there's a, everything. In my opinion, there's a greater, co- you know. There I has mean, to be, dude. There has to be, man. Well, it, then what are you doing? Exactly. Well, I mean, then what are you doing? What I mean, what are we doing? You know what I mean? That's why, like, when I read about the, our history, I, I'm really into the Civil War. Me and Bob, that's another thing. Bob and I hit it off as musicians, and we hit it off that he's into the Civil War, and so am I. Heavily. Like, I read incessantly about it. Those guys fucking walked five states with bare feet to stand in lines and get shot at over a belief. Mm-hmm. Would they do that today? Mm-hmm. You dig? I mean, I mean, I mean, the history of human beings is amazing. Yeah. It's um, it, 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 and and how can I measure up or contribute? You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, we we we're carrying a heavy weight. We, they were, we we're carrying a debt on our our. You know, I know it's no longer democracy; it's corporation. What you were saying, or you know, it's very true that the movie you were saying, Idi- idiocracy. You know, it's funny because what I always say is when I go to a convention, tattoo convention, and there's somebody hanging on chains and those suspension things, mm-hmm. and some dude walks by with half his face tattooed, and and I think you know what? In the late seventies, this could have been a Saturday Night Live skit. And everybody would be laughing like it's so outrageous. And now it's a reality. You mm-hmm. dig? Well, same with that. There's got to be more. I mean, we're, we're you know, you. I do believe in the soul. I, I mean, it's that simple. I mean, and if it's just energy. Yeah. But, you know, what is the Newton's laws of physics? For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. You know, all that. Speaking of history, one thing that I've noticed, and maybe I'm wrong and I've not seen it, but. An American tattoo history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That has been... I was obsessed with it. Yeah, but yeah. been published or something that's been put out there. Yeah, I know, yeah. you know, there was... Uh, now it is, yeah. There's Tattoo Nation, which was a good uh, documentary. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which documented that, that Black part. Black and gray, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but one that can actually encompass, you know, the bigger part of American tra- well, history. The funny thing about tattoo history is 15 years ago, there was maybe three books on it. You know, there was Albert Perry's A Secret and Strange Art. There were a few articles in in Popular Mechanic. You dig? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, tattooing was a mouth-to-ear 
passed down. Back alley stuff. And I know all kinds of great stories because I was, I'm into history. So when I start tattooing, you know, they would have buckets of old machines. And I'd be like, what are you going to do with those? What do you want that piece of shit for? I just want it. Can I have it? Yeah. Now all of a sudden they're on fucking eBay for five grand. You dig? Like, like, but it was an oral history. And I think I have two feelings about this now that the books have come out. One feeling is, well, good, it's finally coming out. But my second feeling is, where were all you guys when it wasn't fucking cool? Now all of a sudden you're a historian, huh? Well, where were you? You weren't even stepping in the tattoo shop when it was a din. You dig what I'm, I, you know? No, so- I do. Yeah, there's one guy I do know that 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 uh, he purchases collections. So I'm thinking the guy's pretty wealthy. Uh, it makes me very upset because, you know, where were you supporting us? How many tattoos do you have? You know what I, I mean? mean? Like what? I'm like because now it's cool. Now it's all bitching. But at the time, when it wasn't. You weren't tripping on it. You know what I mean? Mm. We were, you know, and, and I'm not bitter. The guy got whatever he got because I learned long ago. See, this is another beautiful thing about my life. I am not the sum of what I own. You know, I have a lot of antique tattoo stuff I've collected for many years. It does not. It's not mine. I'm borrowing it. I, yeah. I can't take it fucking with me. You're a caretaker. Uh, yeah. I, when I'm gone, I'm gone. You dig? Like, I can't. You know, it's all beautiful and all that, but it, but there are guys now that collect stuff that, why, I don't even know, mine was to learn. I wanted to learn about old machines. I, mm. I was into machines. But I think a lot of people, just so they can go, oh, I have a Coleman machine. Oh, I have 15 Paul Roger machine. You dig what I'm saying? And it's like, yeah, and what's a, what, you got deep pockets, motherfucker? Because that's all it really fucking means. You dig? <laughs> like, like, what does it really yeah. fucking mean? Yeah. Um. But so, and there's a side of me that's real happy that the history is getting out there. Mm-hmm. But I'll give you a quick example. I hope we have a little time, but I'll give you a quick example. Machine history was always measured by patents. You know, oh, mm-hmm. O'Reilly patented the machine in, in, in uh, the late 1800s. That's the invention of the tattoo machine. Bullshit. I'll tell you why. Okay, then, okay, that was that patent. 1904 was the Wagner patent. 1929 was the Waters patent. Nightingale was in 74. And then the Revolution Machine in the 90s. And when I do seminars at conventions, the first thing I say is, hey, to my audience, when when did you learn to tattoo? And some guy, you know, J.D. Crow or someone's like 70s. I go, yeah, how are them Carol Nightingale machines? Never owned one. Really? Well, and then someone in the 90s, how are those... Spalding revolutions. You you learned on those? No, because that was the only document. Mm-hmm. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah, but yeah. then when you get into it, because it was a coveted art that a guy didn't want to share because he's making so much fucking money, which is the problem we have now. Everyone let the secrets out, do the internet or whatever. Tattoo machines, I believe, my theory is they were in 1870. There was articles in the Brooklyn Eagle a guy said, oh, this would make a really good electric tattoo machine. Well, do you think that fucking reporter just got that fucking idea? You dig what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't documented because tattooing was an underground of fucking, you dig? Like, like so now the problem with the history is people come up with, well, I found Ben Corday's grave. Well, that's beautiful. But I mean, how, how was he as a human being? Did he, you dig what I, I mean? Yeah. You, I mean, cause some of the books are real dry, you know, 1943, uh, uh, Lou Lewis moved from 543 main street to 450. 
hey man, I want to know how he ticks. You yeah, dig? Yeah. I want to know what led him to tattooing. Mm -hmm. I want to know, you, you know, and I mean, some of it's lost. I, I get it. But some of it now, it's just, it's got its share of pitfalls. I'm happy that it's out there. I don't know if I'm happy with all the people doing it. Yeah, a lot of the collectors scare me. I mean, they really scare me. Who do you think belongs on the Mount Rushmore of tattooing in America? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Which I've actually always wondered why nobody has ever done an Done depiction. something like that? Yeah, like a, like a painting of that who, with them? Because of, yeah. How many guys are up there? Five? What do you got? Four Jefferson, Lincoln. Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Ben Frank? No, I know it's not Ben. Um, Donald I, Trump. Right, Trump. Right, 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 right. I think my high school... Uh, I didn't go to high school, but the principal. No, but um, I think who who needs to be on there? Char Charlie Wagner, um, the New York tattooer, definitely. Burt Grimm should mm -hmm. be on there because he, he's a big deal. Um, people would say Sailor Jerry, but see, this is another thing. The reason that we champion Sailor Jerry, we'll get back to Rushmore just mm -hmm. Is because Malone bought his shop lock, stock, and barrel. Jerry leaves, has a heart attack, and dies. Okay, most of these guys, when they died, the landlord took all the shit to the dump. Or he'd contact the family and say, hey, man, are you Wagner's? Do you want this stuff? And they'd be like, what, that tattoo stuff? Hell no. You know, I'm going to heaven. I'm not done. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. And so we don't have a good record of it. But with Jerry, we did. So that gave us like a, and I, I mean, he was a phenomenal artist. He was mm -hmm. into new things. And But you, you find when you start studying other ones, they were into the same shit. They were trying to make the machine better. They were trying to make Flash. You dig? Like, like, okay, so I don't know if Jerry belongs in there. That's why I got to that. But um, Paul Rogers belongs on there. He he was the first guy making handmade machines. You know what I mean? And me, and everyone would laugh at me, but I'd say like Lewis and Sutton, but they were the LA. They're my heroes. That's who I collect mm -hmm. Latsko stuff. But um. So Charlie Wagner, Burt Grimm, Paul Rogers, and uh, me. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, um, Bob Shire, Colonel Todd, those guys. You know, I mean, I mean, I one time. Listen, you should have asked me this stuff when I was obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. You know, I I really was into it like i mean i mean i wrote many articles they would hire me to do seminars and i could talk all day about why this a bar was a certain way in these springs and you know what i mean but i'm soured on that shit <laughs> no but i think I, I i do think that at a certain point because it's just like everyone else's history especially when it's from a secretive society or society that's kind of like not mainstream right it becomes diluted by history is always by those who write it. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and, the victors. And so you, you have the outsiders, that's right. The people for whatever personal motives or influence that they want to spin the story a certain way. And so that's one I've wondered about, uh, because Coleman, I, Coleman should be on there. Cap Coleman. Hmm. There you go. Not me. Cap Coleman. He's pretty hardcore. Well, he was, I think I've seen the picture of him where he's sitting there with like a little hat and he's maybe got like this okay. wife beater oh, on. Oh, I got a good example. Okay, a guy, Huck Spaulding. Okay, Paul turned Huck Spaulding onto Coleman. 
Huck was obsessed with Coleman, even to the point that I, there's a quote from Sailor Jerry that says, if you want a Coleman tattoo, go to Huck Spaulding. They interviewed Huck for, the, for a book. Huck was literally saying, oh, you want to know about Coleman? I'll tell you everything you want to know about Coleman. And the interviewer kept interrupting him, going, well, Paul Rogers told me that he never changed his shirt. Paul Rogers, you know what I mean? And, and you, you interview people. Mm-hmm. Well, I did interviews for TAM Magazine, Bob, Freddie Negret, and for my friends. I, ne- I only did if I knew Eric Inksmith. I read about how to do interviews. Mm-hmm. Interviewers are supposed to shut the fuck up. And, and have these uncomfortable silences because then the interviewee will, f- you dig? Mm-hmm. And I heard these raw tapes. They aren't published. But every time Huck Spaulding tried to fucking tell us about Cap Coleman and he knew the guy interrupted him to try to show him. He was a young guy. So, you know, I forgive him. He was mm-hmm. still, you know, in short pants. But he was trying to show Huck what he knew or that he knew Paul where if you would have fucking shut the most frustrating CDs you'd ever listen to in your life because he's yeah. just about to tell us something that's lost mm. it, it's never coming back Huck's dead it's gone so that's the thing about tattoo history because once you start gaining momentum as a historian people contact me I think even you earlier con- mm. maybe about machine it, it happens mm. because people know I know something um I only know it because I love it. I'm not it. You dig? Mm. Like, like, and, and what I always said in all my articles and, and, and in my seminars is if you know more than me, fucking tell me. Mm. I want to know. I'm not the authority. This is what I've heard. This is what I've learned. This is what I think. This is my theory. And mm. a lot of older guys like Lyle and them would say, hey, I think your theory holds water, whatever it was, a particular theory. But... Now the historians are these people. I mean, who knows? You know, I mean. Anyway, you get the idea. Still, the Rushmore is a good idea. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, it lost me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you want me to play a song? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Are we running um, out? Of- no, man. Like I said, we. There's no limit. Okay. Um, this is the first song on the record, and it's uh called "Making Mud Pies," and it's about dope fiend girls, and I, I wrote it in prison. And I wrote it, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I wrote it with a friend of mine, Jimmy Space. And Jimmy had polio and he was a bank robber. And when he'd rob banks, he'd put a cast on his leg. So when he limped in like with polio, you'd think, oh, it's a guy with a cast. You wouldn't know he had polio. And he had a really cool tattoo that Gary Gilmore had handpicked on him of a Greek helmet. And he helped me write the song. It's called Making Mud Pies. Let's see if we can do it. Proletarian husband and your convict friends Your plastic purse, it's filled with fives and tens Your two made-up faces and your innocent eyes Your mercury mouth, it's spouting endless lies A silver spoon concealed near your breast golden arm hidden in a long sleeve dress (laughs) 
You listen for Keith Richards on your stolen radio. Watch Boris Karloff at an all-night downtown show. Every morning spent looking for the man who makes you wait. Hours in the rain by the Third Street China Gate. Tried methadone, sweet Jesus, Valiums, and red wine. It's hard to kill the passion when it's always on your mind. Judge her with mercy, please don't measure her too hard. She was once someone's little girl making mud pies in the yard. Judge her with mercy, please don't measure her too hard. She was once my little girl making mud pies in the yard. So you wrote that song with while you were in prison. Yeah, a friend of mine, like this the other bank robber, Jimmy Space, a lot older than me, was Oregon. He used to do, he's from Oregon. And that's why the, well, he was starting to write this poem about dope fiend girls. And, you know, that's all I had ever dated, basically. So we started writing it together. And then I had the music. So we, we did it. But the, like I said, the cool thing about Jimmy was Gary Gilmore, who got the death penalty reinstated in the 70s. His book about him, Executioner's Song, had tattooed him and put a Greek helmet on his forearm. And I always thought that was the coolest tattoo just because Gary Gilmore had done it, even though Gary Gilmore was a murder and creep. It's still... He got the death penalty, you know, in Utah. Mm. I don't know if you're hip to it, but mm. well, they had taken the death penalty away and then Gary Gilmore killed some people and they sentenced him to die. And he told him, well, you sentence me to die now, kill me because there were people on death row that they were never going to kill. Mm. And, and they did it within 90 days. And that got the death penalty re-rolling in America since 76, maybe. And he had done Jimmy's tattoo. Wow. So yeah, we wrote that together. Yeah. And, uh, all these songs are uh, songs that, that you wrote or is there some? There's on one, thing? Wild Dogs, that's a Tommy Bolin song, but yeah. every other one of those is mine. Yeah, I wrote, and, and besides Lying Dead on the Phone, which was a Flower Leopard song I wrote in 1985, I wrote all of these in, when I was in prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, when if I had a guitar. I never meant to sing these. I always was a guitar player. I'm a lead guitar player or a guitar player, whatever, however you want to put it. I never meant to ever do these acoustic or sing them. They were going to be electric. I was going to have a band because mm. in the joint I had a band. I have pictures of me playing for the warden. You know, I'd meet different. I played in every band. I played in the funk band. I played in the reggae band. I played, I mean, and I used to get a lot of shit because, you know, prisons divided racially. Mm. I mean, it is just no way around it. It's the lowest common denominator in human beings. But when it came to music, the funk band needed a guitar player. Mm-hmm. Well, I love playing. So I would go play and they would give me shit. The white boys would be like, what? Yeah. And I'd be like, well, it's music. I don't know what to tell you. You don't like it, beat me up. You know, like, I mean, we can handle it, but I'm playing. I'm, I'm going to play. So, uh, yeah, I wrote them in there. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I see on your shirt, Heroes of the Blues. Uh, who's who's still living that you look up to in oh, blues, and blues players? Oh, he just died. He's not living, but David Honeyboy Edwards, I really looked up to. He was incredible. Um, as far as living musicians now, and it's he's younger than me, is Derek Trucks. That guy is yeah. amazing is that, guitar. Uh, Dickies or what's his name? Butch who, uh, from uh, Almond Brothers, right? Uh, yeah, Trucks. He was Butch's nephew Butch's, or whatever, yeah. and he carries on the Dwayne Almond tradition. He's 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 amazing. But um, blues players today, you know, I like John Prine. He's not a blues player, but he's a singer songwriter. Um, you'll always find me listening to that. I I I I like Curtis Mayfield. I like. I mean, I really like Curtis Mayfield. Um, he was amazing. Incredible. Incredible. Um, my favorite record is Layla. Another, I, you know, uh, with that's Dwayne and Eric Clapton. But um, I don't know if there's anyone living today as far as blues players that I really, really dig. They, they're gone. R.L. Burnside's gone. You know what I mean? Like, like, I know there's these younger guys, and some of them I can't stand. But I don't want to get into all that. But... Um, <laughs> But, uh, but they're dying off because um, Big J McNeely, you know, there's yeah, something yeah, 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 he yeah. recently died. And I knew the guys that were his backing, they would back him. Wasn't it a Hollywood Fats and that played with him or is um, a really good guitar like a long time ago? Or maybe I have that wrong. Probably, maybe originally, but the guys that backed him now were it's called Los Rhythm Rockets from East L.A. OK. And they, I remember they had told me they're all, yeah, he's in like a, an old whatever retirement home or something. And right. They're like he's bored all the time and I'm like, well, can I get an interview? I want to meet him. I want to film him. Yeah. 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 And they'd be like, Oh yeah, we'll, we'll vouch for you. We'll get it done. And we never got around to it. And I regretted it because then he passed right, this year, right, right, this year right. last year. But these guys are starting to just like everything else, whether it's oh, in the tattoo know, it's, world, it's killing me music world. It's uh, killing me. Some of the real people killing me, you know, have, have, cause I saw you posted Otis rush. who I also like, yeah, left-handed, played upside down. Mm. I can't quit you, babe. He, mm -hmm. That guy could sing like like those Cobra recordings. I mean, if you're going to get into Otis Rush, those those ones, because what was it? Uh, Willie Dixon was the talent scout for Cobra, mm. and he got Otis Rush, and he wrote some of those songs with him. But Otis, yeah. I, if I try mostly if they died the day that you know then i mm -hmm. try to say something because it's 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 we're losing them yeah and then also their birthdays any of their birthdays you dig because i just think you know maybe i can turn someone on that hasn't heard it you know what i mean culture get, give it a try you know what i mean because yeah. because there's nothing better than american music and and it's eclectic and it's a it's just like us a melting pot mm -hmm. you dig like i i saw this great documentary about charlie Patton who I love Charlie Patton. You know, he's the guy he, he, uh, Robert Johnson sat at his feet apparently and sun house. I have a, I have a sun house tattoo on me that Mark Mahoney did in 82. Hmm. So I was in the blues when I was, I was 18 or 17 when we did that. But, and all the punk rock kids from LA punk rock used to say that swamp music. Oh my God. What, you know, but, but what I was going to say is I saw this documentary and, and he was, and he had a lot of Native American in him, and they they have these Cherokee singers, mm -hmm. and they played the record for him. And some of the blues rhythms were actually Native American, like you dig, like mm -hmm. it's an eclectic. And and I just think it would do people anyone good. Search it, you know, like like 
you know, the Stones do what? Uh, uh, Love in Vain. And okay, that's a Robert Johnson song. Mm-hmm. And then you, you get it. And then you realize that he actually took that music from Lonnie Johnson and, and you know, figure it out. But yeah, yeah, we're losing a lot of people. What other people died this year? A lot. I mean, I mean, even the last few years, Levon Helm, the drummer for the band, mm-hmm. that guy was an amazing human being, just incredible. I mean, yeah. I could listen to him all day talk even i just he had a very beautiful voice yeah incredible human being you know what i mean and uh when he went i was just like wow greg allman you know who they i know he was a rat and you know everyone said you know they got in all that trouble for drugs and you know my feelings on rats are i don't want anyone to rat on me and i get mad about it and everything (laughs) but on the flip side to that you know some guys they aren't made out. Okay, tattoo history. Duke Kaufman died in prison. He was a bank robber. I don't know if you ever seen Duke Kaufman. Yeah. Flash, it always says Duke. Fucking Lyle. It's the guy that told on him for robbing banks. Okay? Now, Lyle and me talk. We're friends. Not friends, but we, we know each other. He told me he did. He told me he talked to the FBI about it. I think it's the first thing he said to me when we met. Maybe because he knew I was a bank robber or I don't know. But, you know, and I mean, Lyle fought in the Korean War. Now... The convict in me would be like, you know, good rat, motherfucker. Get the fuck out of my shit. But the human being side of me, because he's like 20 years old. He's fucking learning to tattoo. These guys come and plan a bank robbery in his fucking apartment. They rob the bank. The FBI comes and like, hey, they probably scared the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. He ain't involved in it. You dig? And he's like, okay, yeah, yeah. They planted that. My, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that, okay, so he doesn't have... You know, he's not a fucking, his nutsack ain't real big. Whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. Does it make him a bad guy? I don't know. Greg Allman, they bust him. They want the Dixie Mafia for the drugs. You know what I mean? They scare him. They say they're going to give him years. He's got long blonde hair. He's going to be in a bikini within a week on the yard. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, just don't put me in there. I'm not saying that that justifies what they do, but I'm saying there's a human side to this that mm-hmm. you dig, like... Like so, Greg Allman dying. I, 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 I cannot tell you enough how much I love the first live film released, the Allman brother, Dwayne. I just can't tell that slide, the sound, his attitude, anything he recorded. I mean, if you go back, because he played with Aretha, he played with King Curtis. Go back. If you haven't heard him, go listen to the stuff he did at Muscle Shoals. Check it out. He was like a nineteen-year-old kid that was just somehow had a musical vocabulary that fucking transcended his age. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we are losing a lot of, we are, it's, it's, it's sad. And then you wonder, is there anybody coming up now that can fill that shoe that can, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I mean, and, and like I said, the only young one I'm really into was Derek and that was based on Dwayne, but you know, I don't know. Are there any blues, young blues guys? Mm-hmm. Because now what I see on YouTube they have all these guitar things and I, uh, is these eight-year-old kids that are just wail I mean, wailing. Mm-hmm. But all the information is out there. Like when I was learning to play Robert Johnson, I only had a record. Yeah. You dig? Like now I can go on YouTube and just go, kind-hearted woman. Oh, you know, that's how he played. You know what I mean? And, and, and so these kids, what's available to them, that's why tattooing's gotten so good. It's available. It's, it's, it's like, you know, years ago, you'd have to go work with, you know, you're talking about Malone or, or Bob or somebody that did dragons real good to learn how to tattoo dragon. Now you can go online and just, 
Oh, he put a little purple going out to magenta. Oh, look how he did that trick. It wasn't available. Same with music, you know. Now, you I mean, you mentioned Lyle. I thought about that. That wasn't he truly the first famous tattooer because of the okay the celebrities. Yeah, yes, for this generation. Yeah. But I think that there were even some like like Harry Lawson tattooed the Colorado governor. It was written in that strange and secret art. I don't know if he did or mm. didn't. Okay, but yes, and a lot of people hated Lyle for that. But you know, Lyle told me a really interesting story. He said that Jerry used to keep a picture of him in his toilet. <laughs> I heard that. you've heard yeah. this. Lyle said it was the best thing that ever happened to him. He said, because everybody never remembered where they heard his name. So these sailors would come to fucking San Francisco and they would only remember, oh, Lyle Tuttle, I heard that. Where'd I hear that? You dig? Like they didn't. So Mm -hmm. he said it was the best advertisement he ever get. So what is that saying? Hey man, as long as they get my name spelled right, who cares what they're saying about me? Because then people just remember, you dig? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think he was. And a lot of people call them Lyle Toilet and everything. But you know, I like Lyle. Always have, even with the Duke Coffin thing. And I love Duke. Duke died in prison because, you know, bank robbery's bank robbery. You know, kind of cool. Um, but you got to hand to Lyle. What is he, fucking 89 years old? He still drives his own car. I mean, I mean, he's had a good life. That's mm-hmm. a good life. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I mean, I mean, there is a point where he was a scandalous in the 70s. No tattooers, nobody, you know, I mean, people, real tattooers. We didn't like him so much. Not everyone, mm-hmm. mind you, because Scott Sterling was broken by him, and Scott really convinced me. And he is very knowledgeable in machines. I'm not talking shit on Lyle. Lyle, I'm not talking shit about you. <laughs> you got to hand it to him now, how long he's been alive and everything he's seen, and and that he was into the history when nobody was into the history of it. And tattooing would seem to be very territorial back then. Oh, yeah. Very territorial. Oh, yeah. Like, there was no, like, there's a block, a tattoo two blocks down, another shop. It was, from what I understand, yeah. extremely territorial. And, 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 and that's the thing. I just did a video about this. Nowadays, fucking these tattooers pull up in brand new goddamn whatever their cars are. You know, I mean, it's insane. They got their Rolex and, you know, they're mm. highballing, got the big wad of money. And, yeah, making, you know, thousands every day. You know, I'm booked out for two years. Back then, those dudes would hide that shit. Colonel Todd was a millionaire. Mm. Never had a fucking credit card. Tried to rent a car. Couldn't do it. Because they wanted... When they finally started rent, You used to just give... And then, then one day, they're like, Hey, you got a credit card? No. Millionaire. Mm. You would never know it. You'd just think he was a fucking cowboy. You know, he was in the Western wear and all that. But you... To know he was a fucking... You know, they... Because... If you don't want people knowing that because then they're going to fucking open a shop next because they're going to go, oh my God, these guys are making a million dollars tattoo and let's do it. These fucking people have ruined, just the same with traveling to Europe. Mm -hmm. Okay, once upon a time we traveled to Europe, you could take all your equipment, no fucking problem. Customs, nothing. Now, they're looking for it. When I went to Europe, I took two machines with me because I knew that when you're going through customs, they're going to go, are you going to work here? Mm-hmm. And if you fucking say no and they go on your social media and it says, well, it says here you're going to be working. It's a, you dig what I'm, which is how you would advertise. They won't even let you in the country. They'll ban you for 10 years. There's dudes now that I know that tried to come here mm-hmm. that they, and how did that happen? How did fucking customs find out about us? Mm-hmm. High signing. Motherfuckers high signing. So yeah, it was territorial because nobody would want 
these guys are making millions off $3 tattoos. You dig what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, think about that. How, and now, I just can't even imagine. I don't even think every tattooer is making a living. I think, I think that maybe one in every shop, because usually the way it works is you have a shop and you have like one guy or two guys that are really busy. Then you have a satellite of the rest of them kind of getting their drip off. You mm -hmm. dig? Like, but 3,000 shops in LA County, that was that 15,000 tattooers? I mean, who's making money? The suppliers are making money now. History book. I can get everyone to buy a fucking history book, you know? Like, like, like I sit and think, man, why can't I think of one thing that every fucking tattooer would need to buy every month for $15 that I could get for a dollar? Because show's over. Then you could sit and play guitar and do whatever you want and I'd never have to worry about money ever. You dig? Yeah. But, well, you know. But yes, very territorial, very incredibly. But now it's tattooer love, right? Now they just, it's, it's this... It's this tremendous amount of they don't want to be haters oh yeah no see that's what see that's my whole thing when i talk you know what i mean i you know so, jacob coulter is a friend of mine mm -hmm. i love that guy you had him on here mm -hmm. i mean i really i i let him tattoo me he's not even a tattooer but he you know i love him i love his outlook uh, we just hit it off me and him he had a good he said to me shane here's what your crowd you either have people that are doing exactly what you're fucking saying and they're embarrassed because you're calling them on it or you have people that are afraid to call someone on what they're doing because they're afraid that'll make them or you have straight haters. But what you're doing, you're not doing anything wrong. I'm, you know, I'm just, it's real. I mean, it might, you might not agree with what I say and you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. or, or But it's usually pretty, I mean, I don't rehearse. I just get pissed or uh, not always pissed, but sometimes tell stories. But it's just shit that needs to be said. I mean, quite it, honestly, it the needs, Pinterest thing, it needs to be said. It needs to be said. You know what I mean? And the latest one. Okay. I had this. Oh, here's a cut trip, typical customer. Okay. Usually a lot of times I have tattooers or tattoo collectors mm -hmm. and they want a little piece from me and it's great, you know, and I'll tell them, ah, give me 40 bucks and they'll tip me a hundred, you know what I mean? Cause it's experience and they want to hear me talk and tell stories. And, you know, I mean, I'm not stupid. I know what's going on, but then I'll get that occasional person that read a bunch of reviews about me, maybe in Yelp or wherever the fuck, you know, <laughs> whatever good ones there are. Yeah. And I had this woman, she calls, leaves this message. Oh, Shane, I'm a 55-year-old woman wanting to get my first tattoo. I think I want a hummingbird and a feather because it represents my grand, my father and my husband or whatever the fuck she says. So I, I, I leave her, I, I text her and I tell her, hey, look, I'm sick right now. I have a blood infection. I got one when I got back from Europe. Uh, when I'm better, no problem. I forget about her. Three weeks goes by, she gets lost in the shuffle. So then I get a text from her and she's like, oh, well... I guess it just wasn't meant to be. And I listened to the universe. So then I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Okay. I'm good. You want to do it? We can do it. I, I just, I lost your number. I just, you got way back in my thing. Cause a lot of people contact me and she's like, okay. I go, well, I think Tuesday will be a good day. What about what Tempio? That's exactly what I wrote. I saved it all. I go five. The last thing she texts me is at work. will get back. That's it. What the fuck? Okay. Tuesday. Comes around. Tattooer Smitty from Bakersfield owns a shop, comes down and he gets a Lieber piece from me. I have a great morning, paints me this cool thing. Yeah, it's fucking great. I go in at eight in the morning, so I leave about three o'clock in the afternoon. Get home. I start getting these fucking pictures of feathers and hummingbirds. Sing, sing, sing in the mail. No, I in, yeah. Hmm. Like, 
fuck is this? It's that chick. Phone rings, it's the shop. Hey, Shane, there's this lady here. And I'm saying into the phone, and I guess she could hear because I didn't know I was on this. I'm like, what the fuck? She didn't fucking confirm. She fucking said, literally, the last thing she said to me is, at work, we'll be back. She never said, okay, Shane, 5 o'clock Tuesday, I will be there. If she had done that, I'd have been there. Mm -hmm. So I said, there's other people there, right? Have fucking someone else do the thing. I think it's over. It's over, right? Mm -hmm. I'm practicing at home, playing songs, fucking waiting for dinner, whatever the hell I'm doing. I get this five paragraph text from her after she got the tattoo. (laughs) Talking Mm -hmm. about you custic customers and I did not. I was saying what to the, I never said a word to her. And she writes me this long thing. You will not make this experience negative. And she didn't even have to, she got her tattoo. What's the fucking problem? You dig? (laughs) Like what? And, and then I didn't read the bottom of it, but it's this long rant. And then it said, do not reply. (laughs) Okay. So you're going to rant at me, but I'm not allowed to retort. So I took a screenshot of the last thing she said to me, not to throw it, just to show her, hey, it's an honest mistake. This is the last thing you said. You never said you were going to be here at five or I never got it. This is what I got. She goes, Shane, do not send me that or it's harassment. Cease and desist. And I said, hey, you text me. She goes, I'm serious, Shane. You don't know who you're fucking with. What the fuck? This- yeah. That's These crazy. people shouldn't even be getting fucking tattooed. I guarantee fucking T, unless she hears this, she's going to be back going, you see this one hair on this, whatever she got. I'm. These people, this is what's happened to us. You dig? Like, mm. I mean, I mean, she should have got her tattoo and left, never had words with me again. Hey, it didn't work out with Shane, but I still got what I wanted. The guy, but she was like, I got it from a real professional, not you. She's saying all this shit to me. And I'm just like thinking, hey, I dodged. You Go ahead, say whatever you want. I just am so grateful I didn't tattoo you. You know what I mean? Because I can see it coming. You dig? Like, I can see it. I can see it. Can of worms. Yeah, man. So. All right. You want to do one more song? Yeah, one more, I guess. Okay. Um, I don't know what I'll do. I'll just do uh, the time's the same. Um, It's quick and... um, Okay, here we go. The time's the same Here as it is at home time seems to go I guess I'll never know like the time I guess you had to go Get 
Classic Rocky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good stuff, man. Ah, thank you. Thank you for letting me play. Thank you for um, having me and everything. I really appreciate it. So they can find you on social media at? At my full name, uh, Instagram, at Shane Enholm, S-H-A-N-E-E-N-H-O-L-M. I'm on the, the poop butt guy with the poop butt t-shirts <laughs> and all that bullshit. And uh, so you're looking for a manager. But- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very hard to get gigs. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not really good at selling myself. So so I've been playing conventions, and that's been okay. Mm-hmm. I played in Aachen, and I played the one up in San Francisco. And, and that's kind of a built-in audience because tattooers know me. And, mm-hmm. and the album's done really well. It actually sold a lot. Um, but, yeah, man, if there's somebody manager that knows how to get gigs or can get gigs, I'd really like to get one. I actually, the last one I had scheduled, well, I played one in Burbank, but one I had scheduled, I was going to play with Steve Soto. Mm. And he died like four days before the gig. You know, oh. we were going to play the Hotel Cafe. I don't know if it was four days before, but I'd heard his acoustic stuff and he was amazing, man. Mm. I mean, I really, the bass player of the adolescence, but he did this acoustic mm. stuff that was I wish I could write a song as good as he writes. Yeah, yeah. And so somebody was like, oh, we need to put you two together. You're both from punk rock. Da, da, da. And I'm like, great. I can't wait. Hotel, cafe, good place. Drops dead. Wow. Shane's luck, you know. Anyway. And, and you're tattooing out of? Santa Clarita Tattoo. I've been there 15 years. But I, I'm doing a convention um, this weekend in Arizona at the fairgrounds. I think it's the horror convention or some shit. I don't. What do I know? Um, but uh, I'm also work in Florida at Inksmith and Rogers, and I'm going to be working in New York at Civ Civarelli's shop. Um, he's the singer of the Gorilla Biscuits, a good friend of mine. I'll be there in January, and uh, Memphis. Oh, I'm recording at Sun Studios mm. in April. Wow, we're still hooking it up. But my second album, I think it's going to be EP six songs. I have two songs written for it and a cover in mind. So, but uh, Emil Orth, the guy you know doing the documentary, he's mm-hmm. hooked that up. And then, and then me and Hanky Panky, I should I should say all this. I forget. When I was in Europe, Hanky Panky went to Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Hanky's shop. Hanky told me he had three jail doors that he collected and asked if I wanted to paint one with him. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah. And then he asked if I wanted to maybe do the mental hospitals with him. I think we're going to go and I'm going to tell stories. And, you know, and then I'm supposed to also, it's still work getting, the details are getting worked out. I'm going to play the maximum security prison in Germany. Wow. And I talked to Outro about maybe recording that. Now, these are all tentative. You dig? We're working mm-hmm. on it. I'm definitely going back to Europe in the spring. Let me tell you, Europe's the shit. I mean, it's just different. And I've never been there before, and I was afraid they wouldn't even let me in. They're like, oh, no, we don't want no bank robbers here. You dig? Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, because I have a very bad criminal record. But it ended, you know, in 93. But I loved Europe. 
they treat your artists better. I mean, even that show in Aachen, I don't know if you've seen it, it's on YouTube, mm-hmm. it's a thing. Incredible. I mean, they just were, they're just, it's just different over there. So as soon as it's not cold, that's what I was waiting for. I'm, I'm, yeah. go, I'm going back. I'm going back. And then me and Hanky are supposed to do this thing. And um, I'm real excited because Hanky's a national treasure. You know what I mean? And, and I just love him. Um, and if the gig at the prison works out, Emil's going to film it. And uh, so I got a lot of good irons in the fire right mm-hmm. now. A lot of, a lot of really good ones. Sun Studios, perhaps. But then again, you know, everything can go south and I could be living in a homeless tent <laughs> on, on what? Los Angeles Street uh, next week. <laughs> but you know what? That, that's part of taking risk. It's taking a risk because you could go the safe route and, you know, nine to five and just, you know, not venture out to anything. But that's more of that. That's more of that. Because I don't want to be the guy. That's why I like everything that's ever happened in my life. And that you, you say, you know, I've lived several lifetimes. I have reincarnated myself mm-hmm. in this guy, you know, many. But I don't want to be the guy laying in my deathbed or if get hit with a lightning here thinking that I didn't do the things that I wanted to do in this life. I mm-hmm. didn't see the things I wanted to see. I didn't, you know, love the people I wanted to love, give, you know. I think you and I are a lot alike in that where you can get a desire, can get a creative passion and fuck it. Just, you know what? Let's throw whatever to the wall and see what sticks, you know, to, you know, when I started this, I wasn't, this was not a goal. I didn't go to school for none of this shit. Right, right, right. The website, the magazines, the doc, anything that I've ever done creatively. Right. None of it. It's all self-taught. Amazing. It's something that I can do and do like fucking incessantly. Like, it's always in my brain. Give it your all. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. If I don't know how to do it, I'll figure out how to do That's it. That's right. That's um, right. So I and I can relate to that sense of drive to create. Yeah. Which not everybody and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that just all of us are made differently. You know what I mean? But in creating, yeah, because you know I'm not just a tattooer and I oil paint and I play music and I write and I mean I mean I, everyone always says that you're doing all these things. Man, it boils down to one thing, creating, mm-hmm. you know, just a need to express myself. I mm-hmm. mean, I think, I mean, right. I That's mean, it. I mean, because this, I'm all stoked on this when Jacob did this and you know what I mean? I was very excited. I I like, obviously, I what they call me, what the Laboca, the mouth. <laughs> no, I like talking, yeah. you know, I like communicating and I like hearing other people's experiences mm-hmm. and sharing my, you know, it's, it's, I like this was good. This was good. Yeah. 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 I get it. The drive. Yeah. It's something that, and, and with that comes a lot of risk. Yeah. Because if, if well, you put yourself out there, yeah, you could sit there and go, well, you know what? But if, what happens if I don't succeed? What if I only get 10 likes? What if I only get five likes? Some people drive is social media, uh, false gratification or like I've monetary, lost, you know, I've lost friends that I thought were my friends over those videos. <laughs> <laughs> which I guess they never really were my friend anyway. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I had a close friend that I thought was, I had nurtured this relationship for a few years and I started hearing from other people, him going, do you like Shane's videos or do you just like him? Cause it's him. And then I heard, uh, which hurt me. Cause I, yeah. when I take friendships seriously, I, it's my heart. You dig? Like yeah. I get my heart broken. It's not just in love with women. I get my heart broken. Inner it, circle stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, uh, I think for some other tattooers, 
It's a little too risky professional. But at the end of the day, I don't care. I just want to I just want it to be real. I don't give a fuck what it is. This just real. Right? I mean, people can tell real, right? Mm-hmm. Can't they innately? Like yeah, I th- I think that the world there's people like, you know, if you think about it, actors, which is where we get the word hypocrite from, right? Um, in the Greeks, they, they right, put the mask right. on. Yeah, yeah. Right? And sometimes you can, you get that, you know, when somebody's sucking their own dick and you're just like, fuck, dude, like, really? Yeah, like, yeah. wow, this shit's, am- you know, like, that's, and I think everybody's cut from different cloths in life. And it's, it's, I'm, I've been blessed in a way where out of the 39 guests that I've had come here, I've never had an experience where I'm like, fuck. Why did I do this? Dude, what? shoot me. Yeah, Take right, me right. behind the fucking bar. Right, you know right, I mean? right, right. Like, God. when is this over? When is fuck, this? Yeah. you know. Technical difficulty. I got to stop. Right. I, I've never had, thank God, never had that experience. But because I do my best to vet. Like, and I think I've, when, when, uh, when I saw you with uh, Jacob on his social media, I commented and I said, hey, I, I had asked him. I said, hey, oh, okay. man, can you get him on my podcast? Okay, okay. You know, because I liked the stuff that you say to me was like, yeah, you know what? This is a one-shot deal. And if he's going to sit there and say it, I not, and it's not that the other tattooers, I just think they have different experiences in life. And maybe they just, for whatever reason, don't process the information I, the same way. You know what I mean? I get a lot, a lot. If you look at some of the comments from some of the people, it's mostly older tattooers they're like right on Shane I love you Shane thank you someone finally said it and and you know that kind of I get a lot of that from people we should really like we need to take care of them because this is the way I feel they're older now some Mm -hmm. of them can't tattoo anymore Mm -hmm. we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them we're on their shoulders you know what I mean so so yeah they're selling a couple things they own or whatever give them more than it's worth you're fucking making a million dollars and you're sitting there you know uh penny pinching yeah head. man and and this poor person you know is needing to get their teeth fixed or you dig like like but on the other thing with I what I trip on when I do is I do those ones on like philosophy and you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I'm always afraid that someone's going to think that I'm like saying look at the brain on me or the cuz it's not I want people to, like you, get passionate. So, mm-hmm. hey, if you read Plato's Republic and it grabbed you like a grab, you dig? Or yeah. or even when you just said that about hypocrite and the Greek, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, what? You know, like, I got to go read about that. You dig? Like, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, and just make the world a better place, man. It has you know? to be, man. And I, I'm, I'm thankful that you came by. Did you have a good time? Yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. It was just wonderful. Just well, good, perfect. I'll, I'll, uh, anyway, yes, yeah, wonderful, yeah. wonderful, wonderful. Oh, man, thank you for coming by. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, I hope the elevator works. <laughs> it was stairs, right? It's just 13 no, floors, yeah, right? It's, it's 13, man. We we have uh, solar up here, so we right, don't have to right. worry about the power grid. Oh, yeah, We're right, off the grid. Right, okay, all right. All <laughs> we right. won't let corporate America control me. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, right. you know, that's the beauty with something like this is... I'm not controlled by Fox, CBS, NBC. Right. The shit that I could just do and put out there. I can have whoever. I don't have to worry about any of that shit. You know, with that, you know, these shows about tattooers and stuff. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I get the feeling 
I mean, that they don't want to put real, real people on there. <laughs> you dig? Like, because yeah. like, there are people that deserve to be on there that they don't even think of. But those yeah. guys are a little real. And and Jake is the one that said to me, he goes, what are you kidding, Shane? The fucking news, the network, he's got a girlfriend and a yacht and, and he doesn't give a fuck about real. He gives a fuck about mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. And and so that's the beautiful thing about what you do here yeah. is this is a labor of love. I mean, totally, at the end yeah. of the day, and again, we're closing. But what you said is, you're making a record here mm-hmm. that two thousand years from now, perhaps. I mean, you know. So, firm believer in that. Hey, you could live forever. Your soul could live forever with this, right? And all the guests that come here and yeah. tell their truth. Yeah, and me too. Right? You know I mean. Right. So thank you, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you it. for having me. Why don't you take us out? Oh, oh yeah, right, right. Uh, okay. Cut. <laughs>